being around sports media and a fan of oh my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment for the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The biggest shocker, of course, Brian Flores, the 40-year-old Miami Dolphins coach who went 24 and 25 in three seasons as an, as the Dolphins head coach, was let go after going 10 and 6 in 2020 and 9 and 8 in 2021. Of course, they did not make the playoffs and have had one just one playoff appearance since Stephen Ross bought the team back in 2009. Flores is the winningest coach in that time span. They're winning 49% of his games. And going, the Dolphins have had since 2002 seven, so that's 20 years, seven winning seasons, seven seasons above 500, not 500, but above 500. Brian Flores are, was the architect of two of those, and they came in the most recent years. This is the first back to back winning seasons since 2002 and 2003, I believe, for the Dolphins. And it was, let me confirm that. Yep, since 2002, 2003. Just to let you know how old, how long ago that was, Dave Wanstatt and Ricky Williams were running the were like the Dolph, the key figures in the Dolphins back in 2002. Who were the quarter, like Jay Fiedler, maybe? Uh, that sounds yeah, Jay Fiedler. That's correct. There we go. Was he? Oh yeah. What's up, Devo? How you doing, buddy? I'm great. I'm sure you had a fantastic intro and are talking about the uh, the biggest surprise of the morning by far, right? Brian Flores, of course. Um, also. Brian Flores, this is the biggest start. Like, I guess I wasn't that surprised that they were going to fire him in the sense that it felt, you know, when they were one and seven, I think they were one and seven. Well, they lost seven straight games. First team to ever lose seven straight games and then win seven straight games in, in NFL history. Uh, certainly the first team to ever win seven, lose seven straight, win seven straight, and then fire their head coach. Um, Brian Flores, th this is the biggest shocker to me. Not that, he, not, not that he was fired. It felt like in the middle of that losing streak that he might get fired. Two weeks ago, he was a coach of the year candidate. And not only did he sweep Bill Belichick and the Patriots this year, he went four and two in three years against the Patriots. Like, that's the whole job, man. You come to, you come to South Beach, you go to the Jets, you go to the Bills. You just got to beat the Patriots. And I get that Tom Brady wasn't there for two of those years. But what, what more could you possibly want from the Dolphins? Now, Maybe this is smoke and mirrors. I call them frauds all along because they were yeah. beating up on bad teams. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, they ended, ended up being, they weren't a playoff caliber team. They took a little bit of a step back in terms of their win total. Uh, they, they took a little bit of a step back from that 10 win season last year. That was probably going to happen no matter what. So I think two things have to be, it has to be one of two things here, Debo. And I'm curious what you think is more likely. One, that Jim Harbaugh is in Stephen Ross's back pocket. And that seems less likely now that he commented and said he won't be the guy to hire him away from Michigan. So blow, throw that theory out the window, I guess, which means it's the only, the only other thing is possible is that there is a power struggle between GM Chris Greer, who is not being fired 
and Brian Flores, who is fired, and that Stephen Ross, as many naive billionaires who run football teams often find themselves, uh, you know, basically got hoodwinked by the GM who he spends more time talking to than the head coach. And there is a belief, I think, around the league that Flores was not a huge fan of Tua Tungavailoa. Greer was, you know, key in drafting him. And so you're probably going to see a focus on finding a guy who, a coach who is very intrigued by Tua, which, I mean, I guess good luck. I mean, uh, since with the hardball, I mean, like, don't you think that's the only possible explanation for this? I think you narrowed it down. Yeah, there was all the speculation for the past couple of weeks that it would be a hardball thing. And I just want to bring up, you know, it's great when we hear from reporters, but I always kind of put added weight uh, to former players that are in the media now that that say something along those lines. And I just want to show Darius Butler, former player in the media, man to man pod, has these types of connections. And when someone like that, like when our guy BMAC says something attached to someone in the league, I tend to trust it because they're very close. There's There's no agenda there. Right. Like Darius Butler's not being fed information by Chris Greer. You know, no, no, there's not this this source guessing that we sometimes might do with others. We we're not having that agenda here. So it it says for those listening on the podcast, according to my sources in Miami, there was tension all year between GM Greer and head coach Flores. GM Chris Greer had been a part of the Dolphins organization for more than 20 years. One or both had to go. Now, others reporting this as well. But when it comes from a a place like this, uh, tend to believe it. And uh, you're right. From Coach of the Year candidate, we were talking about him. 60 to 1. Did you get that bet in, Will? I did not. I did not bet him. Well, Brian wise, Ford. wise. Yeah, uh, pretty glad. Um, yeah, probably, what, what were the odds last night that we would have had him to be fired this morning? 20 to 1? It, it wasn't 60 to 1, but still super unlikely. One of the more unlikely Black Monday firings I can remember on Monday in the past couple of years. I would say it's it's extremely unlikely firing. If you if you told me that a head coach in his third year won had a winning record, went to the went to any AFC East team other than the Patriots and won had a winning record in two or three years, but didn't make the playoffs. It's un, you know, it's okay. Um look, I mean 10 and 6, 9 and 8. Had a young quarterback who was starting to show some promise and had swept Bill Belichick. And went four and two against Belichick. I would I would expect that he would be getting a contract extension, not that he would be fired. The the Darius Butler thing, like I said, that's I mean, and I, I hadn't even seen that tweet. It's a, it's a, it's I agree with you. Like that's seeing that from a, a former player who's in the media but still talks to a lot of these players. You know, like if you're, I mean, if you're just if you're two or three years removed from the league, which I think Darius Butler is, yeah. I mean, you got a lot of friends around the league. Like you you know people in organizations, and a lot of those dudes you played with. Uh, end up going, you know, to to go on to coach, like you know, I mean, so like it's it's easy, that information is probably pretty accurate, is what I'm saying, and I agree with you. And ultimately, I think it comes down when you just look at the owner, and we talk about Stephen Ross becoming the majority owner in 2009, one playoff appearance since then. That's that's all it is. If there was one playoff appearance in the past three years for Brian, Brian Flores. You know, he's put up a decent record, one game below 500, but one playoff appearance, even if it was in year one or year two and not this year, I think that changes things. But these owners, 
bit greedy and, and rightfully so, but they don't like that stat of one playoff appearance in the past 12 seasons, just two playoff appearances for the franchise in the past 20 years. That's the difference here. Hey, toss that uh, Butler tweet up again because I want to I point something out. If you don't mind. I am doing that now. So in his tweet, he noted that Chris Greer, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. But oh yeah, Chris Greer, the second the second part of it. GM Chris Greer has been part of the Dolphins organization for more than 20 years. So the Stephen Ross bought the Dolphins in 2009. Do you think that you should keep, like, here's my thing. Should you keep the guy who's new and winning or keep the guy who's been in the crappy organization for a really long time? Like, I, I mean, why? maybe Stephen Ross needs to look, like, internally because it's probably more likely that this team and this franchise can't win. It, you look around at all these franchises that stink, and there is a common theme. Ownership doesn't know what it's doing. Like, look at the you – know, we talk about the Lions and the Bears and the Dolphins. It's like they uh, these owners bring in these, pe- these, these, um, these people who – who you know are very good office politicians, and there's a there's a belief too. You can take it down if you want. There's a belief too that Brian Flores sort of not that he rocked the boat, just that he's probably not very good in an office setting, and that's not what a head coach is supposed to do. You know, like a head coach is supposed to win football games. You're not supposed to be an office politician. He's but, not a schmoozer oh. like Will Brinson, we could say. <laughs> uh, I turned down my volume on my dunk button. I actually think I'm like kind of bad at office politics too. Like I, I'm, I'm a schmoozer. Don't get me wrong, but like, like I, I you know, it's just it's stuff will come out of my mouth that is not like well, sometimes. Fair enough. Like, Fair enough. Like, well, in that tweet, um, Butler said, you know, one or both had to go. It, it could have been both. It, it seems like Torres one was going to be the decision, but then Greer's the one making this decision to remove him, and and his job maybe not in jeopardy at all. Here's here's something else. Owner Stephen Ross states he has, quote, no plans to pursue Deshaun Watson. So no Deshaun Watson, no Jim Harbaugh. If you're a Dolphins fan. It's a bad morning. Yeah. you're. I mean, you wake up thinking, okay, you know. Beat the Patriots. Fell short of the playoffs, but ended the season week, on a high note. One in week 18, you beat the Patriots and you finish with nine wins. Sure, some of them against bad teams and, you know, you know, it wasn't a great season, but, you know, we're this close to the playoffs. Next year, to his third season, maybe we can finally take this big step forward. And now you're, you're quasi rebooting. It doesn't make much sense. And um, William Hill, uh, you know, their over under preseason for the Dolphins was nine wins. So in that sense, you met expectations. You fell short of the playoffs. I think nine and eight, even with seven teams, you don't expect to get into the playoffs, but they were right on par with, I think, what people expected. Now, fans probably expected a little bit more of a leap in year two from Tua, but we saw glimpses of that. Um, but now no Deshaun, no Harbaugh, no Brian Flores. Who do they look after? I think it's clear when we talk about some of these other positions that Flores is immediately a head coach candidate for absolutely these other vacancies. He will get brought up. He will get interviewed. He probably will get hired by one of these teams. But who is on your short list for the Dolphins? I would say that uh, it's tough, man, because it, I mean, if I'm a head coaching candidate with like, let's say that I'm Doug Peterson. And I don't think that Doug Peterson is the top head coaching candidate, but Doug Peterson is a, he is number one. It might be for some people. He has a Super Bowl ring. He has a good resume. 
he did the Mike McCarthy thing where he takes a year off and is interested. We'll have some sort of off, you know, at some point in the next few days, like a Doug Peterson looked deep inside his soul this off season and realized it was all Howie Roseman's fault. And then he learned he spent the weekend at PFF. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and that his quarterback might have been unsalvageable. Uh, who? Wentz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted, he wanted, he wanted, He made Wentz look like an MVP candidate in 2017. Like that. Doug probably a winner yesterday. Doug, Doug definitely a winner yesterday. Um, so if you're going to fire Flores, you're, I mean, look, I always, I always, I always point out the, uh, ex-girlfriend theory that I, that I hold for, for coaching hires is that when you fire a guy, you're probably going to look towards the opposite. Like when you, you break up with somebody, you break up with a, you know, a, a tall blonde, you know, maybe sometimes, you know, the, the, yeah, a tall, you know, anyway, I'm not, you know, I don't need to describe uh, breakups. You get, the, we get it. You go in the opposite direction a lot of times. You fire a defensive-minded Belichick tree guy, you're probably not going back to the Belichick tree, and you're probably going on offense. So I think Josh McDaniels is probably out, and I don't think McDaniels would do the stupid thing of going to coach directly against Bill Belichick. Uh, you know, just don't do that. Nick Saban learned the hard way. Um, Brian Dayball in the division as well, it would be a little surprising. And anybody who coached for Bill Belichick probably shouldn't take this job. Um, I, I think you're looking at somebody who is not a first timer, an offensive minded guy, or, I mean, or a potential splash name. Like Kel, I think Kellen Moore and Doug Peterson would be the first two guys that come to mind. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is interviewing with the Jaguars. He's the Packers offensive coordinator. I mean, look, man, you, you know, you got Aaron Rodgers, so it's a little bit easier, but you know, when you're, when you're working with him, um, it's certainly, you know, certainly going to get you some interviews and he's been around, around the block for a little while. Um, I mean, I guess they could look to college for either a, that wouldn't be surprising if they looked to college for a non Jim Harbaugh. So, so I'm laughing because I read an article that, you know, knowing that Harbaugh probably out that suggested Ryan day, which was I, just I funny. That. Is, that, is that this, is that, um, I saw that article a few minutes ago just because I was making sure I had all my bases covered for these candidates. Was that the was that on Sportsnaut or whatever that was dot com? It, it might have been. It was from like a month ago when it Joe seems... Brady was the first one. <laughs> right, right. That's the same list. <laughs> I so, so Ryan, Brady. it would just be funny if Ross doesn't go with a Michigan grad, but kind of harms his college alma mater rival and pulls Ryan Day from Ohio State. That's what I would do if I if I was a billionaire NFL owner. I would just hire, I would hire like Mac Brown from Carolina, <laughs> and then fire him immediately. <laughs> Uh, wait till Carolina. I'm just kidding. Um, Bill O'Brien was suggested in the chat. Southern Dandy, uh, or said, didn't suggest it, said better not be Bill O'Brien. Again, I really don't think Bill O'Brien definitely would like another head coaching job, but he's, you know, he's, he's, he's with Saban in Alabama right now. And he was with Belichick before. How far do you have to be removed from the Belichick, Belichick tree to yeah, be I, like, clean? I don't think you can have ever worked for Belichick and take the Dolphins job with, and, and, and not, and not, and not have Belichick see it as, Oh, okay. Yeah. You can't even, even have been like a quality control assistant for one year in 2005. You're out. Is that Doug Peterson? No, no, no. I don't think so. It was, no, uh, you're just throwing that. <laughs> yeah. Just a random, I don't know who that fits, but so Joe judge out of the Dolphins job is, is what you're saying. Um, not, he's not out of the giants job yet, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like guys like Patrick Graham or Todd Bowles, you know, defensive coordinators who, despite the Giants being bad, are uh, certainly uh, Dennis Allen with the Saints. Def I just don't know if the Dolphins will go 
in the defensive direction, given given that Flores and Greer, you know, had these issues, and that you don't you don't necessarily when if you have Tua and you believe Tua needs to be developed, it makes it difficult, I think, to go in the defensive direction as a, as a selling point to your owner. Like I would guess that you know Greer is told. Stephen Ross said, oh, Flores is hates Tua. He doesn't know how to develop a quarterback. You know, this guy, you know, you know, if, if it weren't for my players, this guy, we would have lost the locker room a long time ago, yada, yada, yada. Um, I would be – so I think focus on offensive people, focus on offensive minds. Eric Bieniemy is somebody that could work out. Um, Leftwich. Leftwich, for sure. Yep. I mean, and we uh, look at – Stephen Ross's head coaching hires, starting with Tony Sperano to Joe Philbin to Adam Gase, all those guys with offensive backgrounds and then breaking the mold for Brian Flores. And, yeah. and I remember the conversations in 2019 we had with Brady Quinn when that was the Cliff Kingsbury, Zach Taylor, Matt LaFleur year, where the Dolphins kind of broke the mold that year by not going the friend of Sean McVay, offensive genius, protege route. That's and right. it was Flores and Fangio that year that kind of broke that mold. But three of Stephen Ross's four head coaching hires have been from the offensive side of the ball. So you think they go back there? They uh, they had Dan Campbell in the house, and they let him go. They let Man Campbell go. Went five and seven after Joe Philbin was fired midseason. Man, they have um, they have really had some interim coaches since Ross got there. So they fired Sperano midseason in two thousand eleven. Todd Bowles took over his interim, went two and one, hired Joe Phil. <laughs> they had Todd Bowles and Dan Campbell just right there. <laughs> They're bad at this. Um, I I see that. And that the fact that they are bad at this and it is, it's kind of an attractive job. Although the division is really, really hard. Like the Pats are still there. The bills, are, the bills are look like they're going to be good for quite some time. And I mean, the jets are at least like, you know, yeah, potentially functional Two two free spots. Yeah, kind of. maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I and, and then the fact that you got a good you. What do you? You have three years, and you one. You have to make the playoffs, and that's not unusual for NFL coaching jobs. But you know, you got to go better. I, I don't know. How do you do better than than what Brian Flores did in Miami, given where this team has been for the last 25, 30 years? It's it is it's, it's very surprising. And they, I'll bring it up again. They they did give up their first round pick to the Eagles, so they don't have that, which turned into 15 overall, but they do have the 22nd overall pick from the 49ers. Well, currently the 22nd. If my right, Niners right. – yeah, yeah, cur- currently 22nd. If the Niners go on a playoff run, you know, that could be as – I mean, in theory. Turn into 30. 32, even Diva. Wouldn't that be – that would be exciting for my wallet. Um, the Dolphins, by the way, were dead last – in scoring defense in 2019, sixth in 2020, and 16th in 2021. So the defense uh, dramatically improved. It you know, fell back a little bit this year, but that was that was probably uh, always going to happen. I I definitely have questions about what the Dolphins are doing, and Dolphins fans should have questions as well. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. 
If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy.